From Happy Cat Studios in Indianapolis, Indiana, it's time for the Rick's Rambles podcast for the week of September 26, 2022. Sit back, relax, and let's get right into our fun facts of the week. Fun facts. Well, fall is upon us. The temperatures are cooler, the days are shorter, and all those iconic fall food and drinks are with us, like pumpkin spice everything. And, of course, apple cider and apples. This is apple orchard time of year, of course. So for our fun facts this week, we're looking at 10 things you may not have known about Johnny Appleseed. Number one. He wasn't just a legend. Johnny Appleseed was a real person by the name of John Chapman. John was born on September 26, 1774 in Massachusetts. When he was 18, he headed west with his brother, Nathaniel. When he was in his 20s, John began apprenticing at an orchard where his love of apples and planting trees began. He died on March 18, 1845 in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Well, the common picture of Johnny Appleseed is just randomly wandering around the countryside, randomly planting apple trees, but that's not quite accurate. The legend tells the tale of a man who just wandered around planting trees here and there. In reality, he planted nurseries. He would find unclaimed land and plant apple orchards on it. Planting the orchards was a legal way of claiming ownership in some areas of the West. After planting, he would leave them to grow and wait for people to settle in that region. Then he would come back years later and sell the trees at a huge profit. We don't often think about that. A pretty smart business. Uh, up next, the apples he planted are not the apples that we really think of today. He did not plant apples for eating. He didn't plant the kind of apples you just pluck from the tree and eat. Instead, he planted small, tart apples that were used to make a type of brandy called Applejack and hard cider, which were two very popular drinks at the time and said to have medicinal properties. Well, this one kind of surprised me because I don't think I've ever seen this picture, but this fact says he didn't wear a tin pot on his head. I've never seen a picture of Johnny Appleseed with a tin pot on his head. Many drawings and cartoons of Johnny Appleseed show him with a tin pot on his head. In reality, it wasn't a tin pot, but a tin hat that doubled as a cook pot. But as legend states, he did walk barefoot and wore torn, tattered clothing. Well, he planted more than just apple seeds. John also planted seeds of medicinal plants and would carry some of the plants with him to give to Native Americans. John had a great relationship with some of the local Native Americans who generally welcomed him when he came around. Well, this is fascinating. Again, something I didn't know. He was a missionary. John Chapman was a member of a church called the New Church. Wherever he went, he would preach the doctrine of the church which believed that God and nature were one and the same. And because of that, he loved animals and became a vegetarian later in life. John loved all of nature, including animals and insects. In fact, he loved all living creatures so much that one night he put out his campfire when he noticed that mosquitoes were flying into the flames and dying. There is another story of how he bought a sick horse that was to be slaughtered nursed it back to health, and then gave it to someone who promised to put it out to pasture to live out the rest of its natural life. Well, this doesn't really coincide with the traditional picture of Johnny Chapman, but it's fascinating. He was quite wealthy when he passed away. John left his fortune of 1,200 acres of orchards plus other land to his sister since he had never married and had no children. It is thought that he owned much more land than that, but he didn't keep good records of his land holdings, and it's not known for sure. He also had sold off 
some of his land when the 1837 financial panic hit. Unfortunately, his sister couldn't continue much of his legacy since most of John's land holdings had to be sold to pay back taxes. And the legend of Johnny Appleseed spread quickly after his death. John was very well known in the regions in which he traveled, and most people would invite him into their homes because they loved hearing his stories. He didn't become widely known, however, until after his death. The tale of his life and the stories he told slowly spread in the years until his death, until in 1871, Harper's new monthly magazine published a story about him, and his fame grew nationally and even internationally as well. In the years to come, certain areas would hold festivals in his honor, and he would become a true folk hero. And lastly, of course, his legacy lives on. Today, John Chapman, who is the original John Chapman's great-great-great-great-great-grandnephew, owns a small orchard in Athens, Georgia. There's a claim, not quite verified, that at least one of these trees is descended directly from one of the trees of Johnny Appleseed. There you have it, a few fun facts today about the life and times about Johnny Appleseed. What's the secret to happiness? Well, we may already know. You probably know. I probably know. But we don't practice it often enough. That's what today's good news story is, courtesy of the Good News Digest. The secret to maximum happiness may be expressing gratitude, a new poll suggests. In a random poll of 20,000 Americans, we looked at the potential connection between gratitude and happiness, revealing that 65% of respondents who report that they're very happy on a daily basis also give thanks on a daily basis. When looking at the correlation between life satisfaction and gratitude, one-third of the respondents said they always express gratitude in their daily lives. Of those, 62% noted they were very satisfied with their lives. Conducted by one poll on behalf of Motivosity, the survey also found that on average, respondents believe they express gratitude to others about six times a month, and they receive the same amount of appreciation back. Regionally, this is kind of interesting, Residents in the Southwest, 75%, Northeast, 74%, and right here in the Midwest, 73%, were more likely to express gratitude than others surveyed throughout the country, including the Southeast, which was only 55%, and the West Coast, about 61%. There's a dramatic correlation between gratitude and happiness, says Logan Mallory, Vice President of Marketing at Motivosity. When people are proactive about being grateful, it rewires their brain to look for positive positives instead of the negatives around them. And that sentence is so powerful, I want to read it again. When people are proactive about being grateful, it rewires their brain to look for positives instead of the negatives around them. Previous studies and these survey results, if you want to increase an experience in life satisfaction and happiness, just express gratitude more often. Respondents say they receive the most gratitude from their spouses or partners, family members, friends, and way down low on the list is bosses and co-workers. There's a great lesson there for us to express gratitude to those we work with. With bosses and co-workers low on the list to show gratitude, perhaps it's not surprising that only 18% of those who responded say they feel appreciated at work. Even those who are very satisfied with their lives feel twice more recognition at home versus at work. Public acknowledgement has made a massive impact I'm making people genuinely feel better that their day-to-day efforts are making a difference because feeling appreciated improves one's life 
quality. A UC Berkeley study showed that people who practice gratitude consistently report a host of benefits, including higher levels of positive emotions, more joy and pleasure, more optimism and happiness, being more helpful, generous, compassionate, and forgiving, and, perhaps most importantly, feeling less lonely and isolated. Have you practiced gratitude today? If not, you may be surprised at the effect it has on you. I'm into the last week of my annual September fundraiser. That's the Great Cycle Challenge. All across the United States, thousands of cyclists are riding thousands of miles to raise money for kids' cancer research. Each month, 46 children in the United States die of cancer, and we are raising funds for research and for family services. If you would like to donate to the ride, there will be a link in the show description. You can just click on that and make a tax-deductible donation. I'm riding 250 miles this month. That's a big challenge for a big guy like me, but we're going to make it happen. As always, I appreciate you listening to the podcast. Podcast, and if you would take a moment and share it with your folks on social media, I would very much appreciate that. Well, I love it when listeners take time out of their busy schedule to send me an idea for a segment on the podcast. And Tom from Nova Scotia wrote in and said he really loves one-hit wonders and loves it when I do segments on one-hit wonders. I appreciate that, Tom, so much. And he sent me a list of what he considers to be 10 of the best one-hit wonders of all time. Here we go. Number 10, Turning Japanese by the Vapors. That song was everywhere in 1980. And Rolling Stone magazine called it the dumbest song in the history of rock and roll. David Fenton was the songwriter. This song has been used used in no less than 150 TV and radio commercials. And David says he can live off the royalties only from radio and TV commercials for the rest of his life. Pretty iconic. Number nine, one of my favorites from the 1960s, Question Mark and the Mysterians, 96 Tears. For us 60s kids, this is a great memory for us. Stevie Van Zant, who is the host of Stevie's Underground Garage, one of our favorite channels on Sirius XM, says this song is the epitome of garage. Rock and roll. Number eight, Chumbawamba, Tub Thumping. I remember the first time I heard this song, I was inspired by the message of this song. I get knocked down, but I get up again. I love that. Clocking in at number seven, Blind Melon, No Rain. I love what's written about this. In 1993, it seemed like MTV played nothing but Aerosmith's Alicia Silverstone videos, Dr. Dre's Nothing But a G Thang, and Blind Melon's No Rain. And I had to look that song up because I wasn't familiar with it, but once I heard it, I'm like, oh, I know that song. Number six, The Knack, My Sharona. For a very brief period in 1979, The Knack looked like the future of rock and roll, but they were never able to recapitalize on the this success. Number five, Soft Cell with Tainted Love. Number four is another song I didn't think I'd heard of until I pulled it up, Big Country in a Big Country. Again, Rolling Stone magazine calls Big Country a Scottish poor man's U2. Number three, Norman Greenbaum, Spirit in the Sky. I love this song. I've studied a lot about this song. Norman Greenbaum was Jewish, so very out of character to be singing this song. And I love how he says this song came to be, and I did not know this until just a day or so ago. In an interview, Norman Greenbaum says he came across Porter Wagner, of all people, playing a gospel song on the television and said, oh, I should do that. And that song 
was born. Number two, one of my favorites, Dexie's Midnight Runners, Come On Eileen. I love that song. It's got the fiddle. It's got the banjo. What's not to love about that song? And number one, Aha, Take On Me. What a great song that is. Rolling Stone says, as great as this song is, it may never have made the top of this list without that iconic music video. There you have it from Tom in Nova Scotia, 10 of the best one-hit wonders of all time. And it's time for our special dates for this week. Today, Monday the 26th, is Johnny Appleseed Day. It's National Lumberjack Day, and it's National Dumpling Day. Tuesday the 27th, National Chocolate Milk Day, National Corned Beef Hash Day, and it's World Tourism Day. Wednesday the 28th is National Drink Beer Day, National Strawberry Cream Pie Day, and it's National Good Neighbor Day. Thursday the 29th, National Biscotti Day, National Coffee Day, and it also is National Mocha Day. Friday the 30th is International Podcast Day, and it's National Hot Mold Cider Day. Saturday, October 1st is World Astronomy Day, National Homemade Cookie Day, and it's International Day of Older Persons. Yay, it's a day just for me. And Saturday, October the 2nd, Guardian Angels Day, National Custodial Workers Day, National Fried Scallops Day, and it's World No Alcohol Day. And there you have it, Rick's Rambles for this week. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your day to join me. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a moment, share it on your social media, and let people know what you're listening to. And until next week, be kind to as many people as you can, as often as you can. We'll start right now, and we'll make the world a better place. 